one of the, the biggest traits I see for success is just really a lot of tenacity and a lot of trying different things and pivoting and experimenting and really seeing what works. B2B Content Strategist is the podcast where you'll hear actionable advice and strategic guidance from content marketing leaders. I'm Amy Woods, CEO of Content 10X, and I sit down with leading B2B marketers to discuss how they overcome challenges with limited time and resources and execute winning campaigns time after time. If you want to improve and streamline your content marketing, keep listening. Hello and welcome back to another episode of B2B Content Strategist. I'm your host, Amy Woods, and in this episode, I'm joined by Anna Harak, Senior Digital Marketing Strategist at Convince and Convert and host of the incredibly popular and long-running podcast, Social Pros. Now, we're huge fans of the Social Pros podcast at Content 10X. You could say we're a little bit biased because we've been producing and repurposing it for the last few years, but I don't think it's biased. It generally genuinely is a fantastic show. Now I've been on the Social Pros podcast, so it was really nice to turn the mic and interview Anna. I could not be happier to share this discussion with you today. Now in this conversation, Anna and I go deep into what content marketing approaches are working for B2B organizations right now. As a strategist working with multiple B2B brands, Anna has a breadth of insight into what content marketing playbooks are getting traction and where they fall short as well. We also discuss the marketing funnel opportunities that are often overlooked in B2B marketing and why podcasting is such a big play for businesses right now. There's lots to take away from this episode, so I really hope you enjoy it. Let's dive in. Anna, welcome to B2B Content Strategist. Thank you for having me here, Amy. I'm so excited to chat with you today. I know I've been looking forward to this. So it's going to be a fantastic conversation. <laughs> so to um, to kick things off, obviously we know each other well, but please could you tell our wonderful listeners about your role and a few sentences about what Convince and Convert does as well? Yeah, I would love to. So I am with Convince and Convert. We are a digital marketing consultancy. Uh, we are based out of the US, but we work across the US. We work around the world. And we help some of the world's biggest brands with their digital marketing strategy, everything from social media to content marketing, um, podcasting, as we're doing today. And um, yeah, I've been with the team for about almost six years now, which is crazy. Um, But yeah, I love it. It's so much fun. And you've worked in the content marketing space for basically almost your whole career, haven't you really? Yeah. I started off as a traditional copywriter for branding and uh, like writing billboards and radio ads. And, uh, you know, as my agencies started to pick up on web work, I kind of got a little tired of being handed designs that had lorem ipsum. And I was like, there has to be a better way to do content. So got into content strategy, but then also at the same time, social media was really coming up and people were like, Hey, these blog things could maybe be a business opportunity. So just started taking on all of the digital content as well. Um, until I fully just went into digital content full-time. Awesome. So what does a marketing team look like at an agency like Convince and Convert? So how, how do you structure your marketing? What kind of roles do you have? 
It's Convince and Convert is really, really unique. So we like to say that there's no B team at Convince and Convert. We are really kind of this very specialized team of experts. We are all incredibly senior. So we're really, really unique. Um, and of course we're headed by Jay Bear, um, New York Times bestselling author. Um, I, he has of course established Social Pros podcast, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit. Um, renowned speaker, hall of fame, um, you name it, he's done it in the marketing world. But we're really unique at Convincing Convert because, as I mentioned, we have really senior people. So I've been in the industry for about 15 years, and that's pretty much average for our team. And we only do digital marketing strategy um, for the most part. There's very few. We do some, you know, like webinars and ebooks and things like that, but it's very specialized types of content creation. And so we really have um, our team of strategists, and um, we're a very flat organization, actually. Uh, which is very, very unique for marketing organizations. And so, you know, we, uh, yeah, we just, we kind of pair up and uh, we're all strategists. We're all very, very much generalists as well. Some of us lean more into some specialties than others, but it really is a fantastic way um, to just get the best of the best of the best um, from very experienced digital marketers. And in terms of, you know, the different brands that you work with, um, you've got a lot of exposure to lots of different types of companies. What do you see being very, I guess, effective in the B2B marketing space at the moment in terms of the strategies that, that are really working and doing well for your clients? It's funny, you know, the more that I work in this industry, the more things still kind of stay the same sometimes. So we are still seeing a ton of content marketing and a ton of just utility-based content, which is, of course, J-Bear, uh, utility, classic, um, helping, not selling. And we're really seeing, I'm still seeing a lot of content efforts. Actually, I've seen, especially over the course of the pandemic and people working from home, people shifting much more into content marketing as well and really kind of taking a look and doubling down on their efforts, but also analyzing what's really working. Um, but I am still seeing a lot of content marketing and of course, social media marketing over the course of that time too has just amplified. It really feels like over the last two years, everything has just amplified because it has been our only means of communicating with customers. And did you find that there were certain barriers that some organizations had that suddenly realized, right, there's a big content play here because we all the traditional means of maybe interacting with our customers have changed now. And, you know, the ones that maybe hadn't been embracing content before, were there any like main barriers that you were trying to help them break down in order to start embracing content and following different strategies? Absolutely. So I think because everything really shut down so hard in 2020, we had a lot of clients who were very much dependent upon getting the word out at conferences or in-person events. And so they really needed to quickly pivot and supplement. So we saw a lot of webinars in the beginning, people doing webinars, our favorite, we love the term webinar nine, which is short form webinars that are just nine minutes. Um, so we saw a lot of people really mixing up the content modalities quite a bit in the beginning. So going from primarily print to really starting to look at how else they can engage. And especially in the beginning, there were so many webinars too. It was about how to actually optimize those webinars and, and get people's attention and you know, everybody had such Zoom fatigue in 2020 and 2021. It was really about how to message it and pair not just a different modality, but with what's really going to help people as well. I think now more than anything, 
people probably have felt that fatigue and are now looking at right people have screen fatigue people have zoom mm-hmm. fatigue so have you seen some I guess kind of bigger changes happening this year as we're coming out from well we're trying to adjust from that zoom fatigue Absolutely. Uh, A lot of, especially uh, podcasting is coming back really big with our clients. We've started to work on several different podcast strategies, or we have several um, podcasts for our clients that are spinning up right now. And especially with the the recent numbers um, with, uh, you know, the infinite dial just came out recently about podcast numbers. And there was a bit of an, uh, a bump in 2021, it appears from people working from home, but they don't see any sign of that slowing down, which is fantastic. Um, and we're starting to see a lot more investment in video and just more interest as well, but more on-demand video versus webinars. So a lot of, it feels like efforts are being bigger, um, but more long-term and more sustainable in terms of reaching different audiences and um, really delivering content in ways that might be a heavier lift for brands, but is so much more valuable and um really what audiences want too. What kind of mistakes do you see some of the brands make with their content marketing? I think a lot of B2B brands still approach content, unfortunately, in that typical, you know, here's what we need to communicate. So here's how we're going to create content versus kind of taking a step back and understanding, well, what is our audience really looking for? And sometimes that's really hard to find for B2B companies, especially when you're incredibly niche or maybe your audience um, isn't super active um, on social media. So social listening is a little bit harder. So still seeing a lot of very, here's what we need to market. Here's the content we're going to create that markets that instead of kind of taking a step back and looking at it the other way from what does our audience need to hear. Yeah, I completely agree. And in terms of the the teams that make all of this happen, so the content marketing teams that exist within these organizations, what kind of traits do you see in a successful content marketing team? I think, you know, that's a really good question because content marketing teams are kind of all over the place right now. We still work with a lot of teams that are like a team of one or two. Um, Sometimes we work with massive of teams that are completely siloed, you know, where paid is separate from organic social that's separate from content creation. And, you know, so it really is all over the board right now. But I think one of the the biggest traits I see for success is just really a lot of tenacity and a lot of trying different things and pivoting and experimenting and really seeing what works and not being so locked into, well, this is our marketing plan and this is how we have to do it. And we're going to spend a year to create this. Um, huge giant marketing strategy. And then, you know, uh, just continue to stay the course without pivoting. I think, you know, especially now just being flexible, pivoting and having a lot of that tenacity, it's really essential because things are just shifting still so quickly. It's a challenge, isn't it? Because content marketing is, you know, typically a a long game and you have to be patient and you, you have, you have to, you know, know that that's the game that you play in. So, anyone launching a podcast you need to be manage expectations it's not going to become like the, you know like the Joe Rogan show straight away or anything like that and nor do you necessarily you know want that that's probably not the reason for it but it's a long play as is you know SEO blogging so content marketing requires patience but then what you just said as well it also requires 
um, you to be nimble, you to be uh, sort of able to adjust quickly the landscape that we work in, in the content marketing world and the platforms that we work with in the media, that changes really quickly. So as you said, you can't be like wedded too much to certain strategies. And it's quite a balancing act, isn't it? Of having the patience and not calling things too quickly, but then at the same time, knowing that you can't get stuck on certain ideas. And, and it, I, I guess that's probably you know, a key thing that you must be trying to help people understand the the triggers and decision points, really. Yeah, absolutely. And and amazing point, Amy. Yeah. It's also dependent upon the channel, right? Like is exactly like you mentioned, like SEO takes time to build podcasting. It takes time to build an audience. You know, it's not necessarily, I think we live in such like an instant gratification world now where we want everything to be like social media, where, you know, as soon as we post something, we get tons of likes or comments or, you know, even paid where we just want to show up in people's feeds immediately. But yeah, it really depends on the channel. It depends on what you're trying to do. And I think the other mistake that I see other people make too, as we're on this topic and in channels and in different effects that we're looking for is so many B2B marketers are still looking at the bottom of the funnel. Like if I put in $1 into podcasting, I should get $1 back, right? Like that's kind of the mentality still, or if I put a dollar into this, I should be getting an equal dollar back. And, you know, when in reality, you know, it takes maybe some time to build up and then you'll see the returns on things, but still looking too much at the bottom of the funnel and not really taking consideration, especially the middle of the funnel, I think is where I see a lot of of gaps and opportunities, people seem to be really, really into awareness or very much into the bottom of the funnel. Um, but definitely that middle of the funnel, there's a lot of opportunity there. Yeah. Like the conversion content at the bottom of the funnel or yeah. the big awareness, but like, how do you move them through from the awareness and through to the bottom of the funnel? And if you do a content audit, there's often way too much in one end yes. or the other <laughs> the middle gets neglected <laughs> yeah and yeah. especially to highly encourage everybody to go check out if you haven't already um think with google talks about like the messy middle and that's really where all these decisions are being made and it's a totally different set of questions that people have there and you know it's like we understand where people start and we understand where people end but that messy middle there's so much that happens there that we're not really paying attention to. Yeah, it gets neglected. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, in terms of the different content formats that so you, you mentioned, obviously you're working with a lot of video formats and yeah. uh, podcast as well. So yeah. when you are uh, like helping to implement and recommend podcasts, are you typically recommending video first, video led podcasts? We are definitely recommending that they capture video within their podcasting. A lot of clients aren't necessarily fully ready to embrace full video podcasts, which is totally okay. I mean, you know, but it's so important to capture that video and, and have it for social snippets. Um, But that is the direction we would love for people to go just because there's so much opportunity for reuse, right? Like not just syndicating through podcast networks and channels, but also posting it on YouTube and having it on your website. I mean, there's so much extra content and so much opportunity that comes out of podcasting. It's unbelievable. And and I think just thinking about podcasting in audio only format is really a disservice to how much you're investing and how much you could be reusing that content. 
Just a super quick break from this conversation to let you know that if you're a B2B technology or professional services company and you want help with streamlining your content operations, outsourcing your content repurposing is the number one way to produce more high quality content and boost your ROI without putting any more pressure on your team. In fact, it could save your team up to 30 hours per week. We offer content repurposing services for video and audio content. Whether you have a show or you're launching a brand new one, maybe you have an archive of awesome content, be it webinars or a virtual event, or you want help creating thought leadership content that we can repurpose, we've got you covered. Head to content10x.com to see how we can help you and start increasing your efficiency and the value you get from your content. Now back to the conversation. It's just, I imagine, sometimes a challenge to convince, you know, certain people within organizations to, you know, to create that kind of content where it's putting themselves out there and and who's going to be the host of the podcast and things like yeah. that. And then suggesting, let's flip the camera lens on and get you on camera. Yes. It's not what a lot of people, I guess, kind of think that they've signed up for in their jobs, probably, is it? <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. and it is. You're totally spot on, Amy. And I think there is such a difference even from people. I don't know what it is about when cameras switch on, but people, some people get really weird about it and they're just so uncomfortable. And then some people love it and embrace it. So yeah, there is something weird about, I think like the camera being on, some people, you know, it's I like, it's like the difference between, you know, I think probably radio personalities and also like on camera personalities, right? Like, you know, I don't know, maybe there's like a certain anonymity to just not having video on, but yeah, there's, there's a whole other set of engagement and in personality aspects to video podcasting. Yeah. I feel like we all have a friend or we know someone who is the absolute life and soul of a party and like they'll be there like you know capturing attention from everyone and then you get a camera and say hey you know say something here and they'd suddenly go I'm at a party (laughs) (laughs) and then take the camera off and be like dancing again it's just sometimes the 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 fear isn't it as well like the the fear the gear all all of that can um can be worrying but I, I completely agree with you you know we're relying on us so much but and just turn the camera on anyway because you don't need to use all of that content but capture all the content that you can and then yeah. you can pull out the quality can't you so um talking about that so talking about podcasts so social pros podcast so yeah I guess looking at, at you guys looking at convince and convert a key content marketing strategy for you is obviously podcasting and and you know congrats on taking over as the anchor for the Pros podcast um yeah awesome um so does is that I mean obviously that's a key marketing play for you guys but you know how does that fit in and how does that work for you you know it's so funny um we've actually kind of talked about this recently but social pros was originally started by Jay over 10 years ago I mean we have 500 20 episodes now, I think like it's, it's somewhere up there and, you know, which is insane. Like, I think the last count we had, we have more episodes than law and order, which is just insane. Cause that show has been on forever wow. as well. <laughs> yeah. It's nuts. Like we pulled all these stats for it for the 500th episode. And it was just crazy to see how far it, it's come and just how, how long it's lasted, but for 10 years. Um, and, you know, originally Jay just started it because nobody was really talking to 
social media professionals. And he just wanted to give everybody a space. So it really started as just like kind of this altruistic project from Jay um, and a couple of other people that were involved, a couple of other co-hosts. And it's just kind of evolved over the years. And so we really do just still see it as like a pure utility play where it's just there to, you know, bring information and, and help people get better and talk to these experts. And so it's not even necessarily, you know, and I feel weird saying this, but it's not even necessarily like a core part of our like funnel process. We really just put it out there so that we talk to these amazing social pros guests and the whole goal is to give knowledge to other social pros listeners. Um, and it really is almost like even above awareness in our funnel. Like it's like just, it's pure altruism. Yeah. And I love how niche it is. I mean, it's not yeah. just our social media podcast. It's very specifically aimed at people, you know, within, with, within certain roles, within certain sized organizations mm-hmm. that work in social media, which is you know, something that I think is really important in this time with so many podcasts to to stick to that niche as well. So (laughs) yeah, and we really try to get um, in terms of the niche, we really we do lean a little bit more B2B in terms of our our conversations. Um, But also we make sure we talk to people who are actually doing the work um, or have a history of doing the work. So we don't necessarily bring in, you know, CMOs necessarily unless they're like really in it Mm. with their team. So yeah, it's kind of, it's talking about in the trench work, isn't it? Actually yes. doing the work and, and what, what's working, which is really good. Yeah. So in terms of where it, so it's not kind of, as you said, it's kind of almost above the top of the funnel. What are the key marketing strategies that you rely on at Convince and Convert to find your, you know, your clients? We do a lot of referrals. We really, really love um, referrals. And, um, you know, we are genuinely all about the relationships with our clients. Um, We have so many long-term clients. Um, It's insane. Like, especially after, prior to Convince and Convert six years ago, I'd spent my life at ad agencies. And, you know, a lot of ad agencies, it's just part of the business, you know, no matter how hard you try, like they cycle through and, you know, they go out to RFP and get different partners. And we have literally, we have some clients that we've been working with since Convince and Convert was founded. Um, And it's, it's just insane. You know, right now I'm working with a client that I've been working with for the last two years dedicated. And, you know, it's really all about the relationships and the partnerships to us. We've worked with clients who go from you know, when they change roles at organizations, they come and and refer us. So we really love referrals. We love having that network of people that we, you know, just do good work with. But other than that, we also do a lot of webinars. Of course, Jay being out there on the circuit and being so, so visible and being such a high profile person, you know, we get a lot of inquiries that way, but we really do actually have a great referral network. And that's probably the vast majority of, of a lot of the work that we do. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's just so powerful, isn't it? There's nothing really beats a referral. It's just completely trust-based Yeah, and, you know, you, you can't beat it. And um, I think you sometimes hear in the agency world, you know, people say, well, you can't build um, an agency or a business where the core lead generation is referrals, but actually you can, you know, <laughs> like it's possible. Yeah. There's too many agencies that could say, well, that's that's been the main pipeline of our business for the whole time and we're going strong and anyway so yeah yeah Yeah. and also too if you take a look at 
convincingconvert.com and any of our team members. There's so many of us that are also speakers. So obviously I'm on social pros. I'm a speaker. Zanti, our head of consulting um, is a speaker. I mean, so many people are so visible and we really do make it all about our people. So even like, you know, the CNC team members refer people in and, you know, it's, it's, we make it all about the people, not necessarily like the, the, the consultancy. Yeah. That's what people buy, isn't it? That, you know, people are buying expertise. So it's all about the experts. Yeah. Makes sense. (laughs) Okay. So here's some quick fire questions for you. Okay. (laughs) No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure at all. No, not at all. So what's one takeaway tip that you would give to other content marketers looking to just optimize content output? Oh, uh, take a pause on new content and look at what you have right now, because there is so much opportunity to reuse and repurpose content. I'm a massive fan. Of course, at Convince the Good, where we talk about content atomization all the time. Um, it's a core part of what Jay talks about all the time, but it really is. You have so much content. You don't even necessarily realize in the archives. That's still good. Um, yeah. 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 Pause on the content machine and look at what's actually there. Yeah. Yep. Makes sense. What would you say is a typically overlooked or maybe undervalued tool that you would recommend content marketers like yourself should take a look at, check out? Oh, social listening and audience insights tools. Mm. Absolutely. Just a variety of them and different sources. We're massive fans of Spark Toro. Um, and of course we use Meltwater, uh, but yeah, listen, 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 uncover insights tools. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We like Spark Toro as well. I had Rand Fishkin on the content 10X podcast and he, um, yeah, he's, you know, great. He, he's great. Yeah. If we weren't, you know, if we were kind of dabbling with it before when speaking to Rand and just hearing even more, you know, his ideas on the different ways you can use it and things like that. Yeah, it's really good. But there are yeah. others as well. So yeah, lots of look at what you it depends on what your objective is, really, doesn't it? So yeah. yeah. And SparkTor gives um podcast insights as well, which is super yes. awesome. Yeah, and that's quite unusual as well. Cause a lot of the other yes. tools don't actually do that. So yeah. Yeah. Um now if you could create um just any kind of content for let's say for convince and convert or you know when you're working on a strategic um partnership with another client and there's just sky's the limit really so you could be talking about a billboard in Times square a primetime tv show anything really um what would be your kind of oh dream like content project that you could bring together oh that is so awesome you know what i feel like um, ooh, dream content project. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I would say honestly, anything that really helps people and, and, and not that we, we don't, but I mean, it's, it's at the end of the day, knowing how that helps connect to people is really awesome. You know, and obviously everything we do helps somebody at some point, but I think, you know, sometimes we do create strategies and, and they get implemented, but we don't get to see necessarily the full results of it. And so, Um, I think something where I could see it from like end to end and see how it all completely comes together would be awesome. Um, Because, yeah, sometimes, you know, like the the strategies we work with our our clients and our partners and they go and they implement it internally. So we don't always get to see like the full big reveal in the results. And um, I think something where I could see it like end to end would be amazing. Yeah, I agree. Like tracing back to my 
pre like content 10x management consultancy days yeah. I, I completely relate to that you can get really involved in the strategy and start on the implementation but you're not always around for the the full end-to-end are you and it's it's always awesome when you can just have that full 360 experience so yeah I like that <laughs> um so on b2b content strategist we you know, we speak to true leaders in the B2B content world, particularly actually the tech world as well. So is there anyone that jumps out to you as somebody that we should be speaking to, a real leader in content B2B world? Yes, absolutely. So uh, not to uh, be completely uh, convinced and convert centric, but um, there is somebody on our team, Mary Nice, um, who is absolutely killing it at, at TikTok right now. And she um, has this amazing uh, history with, you know, working in, for Disney parks and, um, you know, just has this amazing background, but she's really focusing on a lot of the B2B content side of things that are helping people grow in their careers. So something that I think is on the top of everybody's mind. So not just doing the work, but, you know, really reinvesting in yourself and, and making yourself um, as successful as possible by setting yourself up. So absolutely very nice. Um, love her. And then of course, Zanti on our team, Zanti Ho is just like brilliant at all things. Um, and is just a treasure trove of fun facts as well. Like she was a guest on the Martha Stewart show, like the wow, actual really? TV show, like as a guest, <laughs> not just behind the scenes, like wow. treasure trove of fun facts. So yeah, those two, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Brilliant. I think we've already lined Santi up for season two already. So yes. um, that's awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. Even looking forward to it even more now. So that's great. <laughs> yes. No, um, yeah, they're great. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been such an interesting conversation. Really, really enjoyed it. I'm sure the listeners have too. Where would you like people to go if they would like to reach out, connect with you? Yeah, please convinceandconvert.com. Um, we have a form. You can even get a free consultation um, with any one of our strategists, including myself. Um, you can follow me on, on all things social. I'm much more of like a social creeper, uh, though. Like I'll upvote everything and um, like all of your, your posts, um, but um, definitely need to be a little bit more active in some ways. Um, but yeah, LinkedIn is always great. Anna Harak, um, yeah. Yeah. And also, of course, check out Social Pros Podcast if you aren't listening to that yes, already. Absolutely. If you listen to this, then you are going to really enjoy Social Pros Podcast as well. So be sure yes. to check that out. And I'll make sure to have all the links to everything in the podcast show notes. So Anna, thank you so much. It's been an awesome conversation. So thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. It was so great to so great to chat with you and, and, and talk about all the amazing B2B content things this morning. No, it's been great. Thanks for listening to this episode of B2B Content Strategist. Do let me know what you thought of our conversation by getting in touch with me on social media. You'll find Content 10X on all the social platforms or search for Amy Woods, CEO of Content 10X on LinkedIn. To find out more about streamlining your content marketing processes and specifically about content repurposing, check out our website, content10x.com where you'll find information and resources that will help you achieve more with your content more efficiently. And if you're looking for a partner to outsource your content repurposing and distribution to, get in touch as we offer a world-class, fully end-to-end, done-for-you content repurposing service. Thanks again for listening to this episode and I'll catch you in the next one.